0: Ooh, that was cool.
1: No, oh, hey, Justin. Thanks for getting dressed up for us. Sorry.
0: No problem. Ooh, cool. <laughs> you both, Did like, need to Just work. wake up. <laughs> yeah. Just, oh, I thought I'd join you guys.
1: <laughs> you know, we, we record video on these, just so you
0: know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry. yeah. At least I'm wearing a shirt this time. Yeah, <laughs> you
1: know? that awkward.
0: You're listening to That Church Podcast with Justin Dean and Van Baird. We help digital communicators tell the best story the church has to tell. Learn more about our conference, regional workshops, and online training and resources at thatcc.com.
1: Hey, That Church Conference community. Welcome back to That Church podcast or That Church video series, depending on whether you're uh, an audiophile or a visual person. Uh, We got this housed on the website for a video series, and of course it runs on the podcast every Thursday. And uh, this is where I, as one of the co-founders of That Church Conference, along with Justin Dean, get to interview people that are doing um, the work in the trenches, church communications people that are trying to have the help the church tell the best story it can tell. And uh, we keep rolling, man. Hey, Justin, how you doing? Hey, Van. We both need haircuts, man. Well, come on. We need, we need a, I need a haircut. Yeah. I mean, we got you San Diego coming
0: up. I'm definitely going to get one. I need a hat.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, the hat, the toboggan. Something. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad you woke up for us, though. Thanks. That's good. That's good. Yeah, if you're listening on the podcast, um, Justin's salad is is pretty tossed right now. Oh, uh-huh. Looking <laughs> pretty Um so, but uh, hey, we're excited this week because it's another um, person that we've connected with through that church conference. Um, I think he even got to the conference in a pretty cool way in Atlanta last year, um, but we're going to bring in rob lauder Rob how you doing, man? I'm well, how are you guys? good so um, you you got to that church conference in Atlanta kind of last minute didn't you?
2: Yeah, it was um, uh, just kind of a, I reached out to you, I think, uh, for one thing or another. And then um, last minute, a ticket opened up and I found myself making travel plans and, and uh, getting myself down there in like a week.
0: So yeah. it
2: was an awesome opportunity and had a great time at the conference, met a lot of new folks and learned a lot as well.
1: Well, it's cool because you represent, um, based on you know what you do, what so many people that we're connected with do. They they're on church staff, but they're also trying to do their side thing. Um, you know, based on either you know past careers or just you know a desire um, to do something um, out of church staff. And we've already kind of given your intro and your bio, um, you know, in the beginning in the prologue. But just for, for those that don't know, catch everybody up in a quick quick bio and and tell us you know where you are now and and um, and what you're doing for the church.
2: Yeah, so I've owned a digital marketing agency uh, since 2009, and uh, at, at that time, I was not a believer, uh, focused primarily on small business, um, but then uh, Lord saved me and uh, brought me into ministry. Um, for a few years, I served at the as the executive pastor of a small church out in western North Carolina, where uh, communications was one of my primary responsibilities, and then um, I had a, an opportunity to move to Raleigh-Durham in February of 2016. To be on uh, a part of the Summit Church and be on uh, a pastoral apprenticeship there, um, I'd like to plant a church down the road. And so um, in the meantime, as I wait for that and prepare for that, just using my gifts and talents and web uh, to better the church. And so that's what I'm doing now. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. That's really yeah. awesome how that's uh, God just kind of turned your life around there, changed your priorities a little mm-hmm. bit, huh?
2: Absolutely.
1: So cool. Well, and the church can learn from the business world, and the business world can learn from the church. And, um, you yeah, know, there is absolutely a dance that can happen there. So, um, we're grateful and thankful for guys like you that take those skills you've learned elsewhere and bring them into the church just to move the story down the road. So, you've you got a particular passion um, in that. And we haven't had anybody on the podcast uh, to talk about this before, um, which is ironic. So, it's in the podcasting world. Um, you kind of helped. Uh, Pastors Create Sermon podcasts. is that right?
2: Yeah, so I've got a couple of uh, a couple of things that I, uh, I do professionally. Uh, first is helping churches and uh, b- helping them build websites and get their sermons online, but then also uh, something that I've been doing personally uh, since before I was a believer was blogging. Um, and as I, I kind of grew into ministry and uh, went through the process of sermon prep and delivery and um, answering questions with my congregation throughout the week, I learned that um, maintaining a blog was a really good, uh, good avenue for um, get, making most of my sermon content, one, but then also to help equip my congregation uh, throughout the week as well. So um, I've had some cool opportunities to help um, some of my brothers in ministry um, start their own blogs. And one's a missionary getting ready to go overseas to Nicaragua, um, and he's used his blog as a platform to, um, to raise support and to cast vision for his mission um, and then, uh, several other projects just, uh, uh really helping, uh, pastors get their message out and ultimately it's the message of the gospel that we're concerned about. Um, so that more people can hear that and more people can respond to that.
0: It's amazing how many churches leave just content on the table, mm-hmm. uh, that they're producing already every Sunday, uh, And I mean, you can break that into social media images and quotes, blog posts, examples, video clips. I mean, there are there's a week worth of content from each sermon for sure. And uh, so many churches just aren't doing that um, because they don't know what it takes to manage a blog or start a podcast or uh, even how to break that apart. So I think that's a a great space to be in because I think it's a very, very needed service.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So what I realized is that every week I was writing eight thousand words of a sermon manuscript, <laughs> um, and it's it's already it didn't even need to transcribe it because I was right. I, I'm a manuscript right. preacher. Um, so you just copy and paste that content, edit it up, and then every every sermon is at least three blog posts. So you can go on my blog, go back a few weeks, um, and and see how I took a. Um, a sermon, broke it into three blog posts, added some commentary to clarify some things and answer some questions that arose from that sermon, um, have the audio there. Then, like you said, social media posts. Um, if you do video, that's, that's video clips that you can put online. Um, every just of all the content that the church produces classes and everything else. Um, every sermon just gives you so much uh, to, to work with. Um, I think one of the challenges, though, is that the pastor often just doesn't have the time or energy to do that or the expertise to do that. And so that's where I think a, a strong church communicator can um, can take that pastor's content and message and vision and really execute that in such a way that um, expands the platform that God's already given him.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you kind of answered this already, but I was wondering, like, in, in the in the times where this conversation has come up, regardless of the size of the church, you've got a pastor who, who isn't doing any of this. And, you know, you just kind of went through all the bullet points of the content that is readily available. What's some of the pushback that you get as far as, no, I don't know, I don't, I don't really think or we need to do this. Or, or when you, if somebody said, well, why should we do this? Um, what's some of the talking points that you would, you would encourage uh, other pastors to get this started?
2: Yeah, so I think one thing is that when you hear the word blog, a lot of folks who aren't technologically savvy think of that as like, hey, this is my feed of uh, what I had for dinner tonight, rather than a, a platform for equipping. And mm-hmm. so I think just really educating um, your pastor or your leadership team on what is the role and purpose of a blog and how can it be used is important. Um, and then also there's there's always the the time question. So uh, I don't have enough time for this. And a lot of times that's um, that can be a very real objection because pastors are busy guys they work you know 60 or 80 hours a week sometimes yeah, that's outside of the um the the typical role of hey well i preach and i lead my church and they also minister to people and they have bible studies and all these other things so time is always a big objection too and so to kind of address that objection um you can have a starting point so um you don't have to do all of this content you don't need to produce you know 50 share squares for your social media account for every sermon and and whatnot. But um, even if you just publish um, one blog post for a sermon and share that via social media, it's getting that message out there to people who maybe didn't attend church that week, or maybe they were traveling, or maybe um, somebody who was sitting in the congregation said, Hey, my aunt Susie really needs to hear the sermon. Then you can share that content and, uh, and, mm-hmm. and equip your members to then share that content.
1: Yeah. With technology growing the way it is, I mean, as you were talking, I'm thinking it's really, you know, if, if for, for the small church, for the, you know, somebody listening to this going, God, I'd love to, I don't really know. I don't have time on how to get started. I mean, if you're going to record it with audio, just get rev.com or something like that to transcribe it easy. Right. If you're ready to go to a, a website, if you're, if you're, you know, recording a video with audio, um, upload that to Facebook, have it transcribed and have instant content. Um, I think it sounds like the biggest hurdle for you and, and other people in this space is just getting people to realize it's not as hard as you think it is.
2: Yeah, I think so. And, um, particularly uh, the, the technological piece sometimes scares people. So like, well, how do I go about setting up a new website? And a lot of churches, they would look at um, their church website and say, Hey, maybe I spent three, five, ten thousand $10,000 to build this website. I can't afford to do that for my, uh, for my pastor as well. And have a separate website. Um, so things like wordpress.com are dirt cheap, you know, yeah. if you want your custom domain, it's nine bucks a month. Um, I'm actually working on a product that, um, uh, will, will give pastors a WordPress website, a curated list of plugins and themes that they don't have to go hunting for and all set up and configured, um, for, uh, one low price. So it's, um, there are numbers of options out there that you can get started up with a, a very simple blog website with, um, uh, all the the features that you would need um, very quickly and very cheaply.
1: Yeah. And and talk about Churchly a little bit, your site. I mean, as far as, you know, from the, the guy that can get started for very cheap on their own to learning from, you know, organizations like yours and companies mm-hmm. like yours, you know, what would be the benefit of, of, you know, incorporating some like the services that Churchly has?
2: Yeah. So i uh, give you a, a little bit of backstory. Um, I actually formed Churchly Um, when I was operating my agency and just had um, several churches come to me and say, Hey, like, I like what you built for your church. Can, can we do that as well? Um, And so it kind of sparked the idea of, well, Hey, you know, there's Ecclesia 360 and there's some of these, these, uh, you know, church plant media, larger Mm -hmm. platforms. um, But then um, maybe there's an opportunity to explore the space and to provide a service that nobody's really offered and so, um, I actually, went through a, a startup accelerator for Churchly. Uh, and I had you know these big plans of uh, you know doing, doing the whole startup thing and right. um, you know everything that comes along with that. Um, but then, uh, really had a, a lot of um, feedback at, at that church conference. Um, at the, I was I was going through the startup accelerator at that time, and part of my homework was to. Um, to interview a hundred potential customers. Right. And so it's like, Oh, Hey, there's a hundred of them in this room. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just asking people about how the welcome, manager, well, I'm sorry. To welcome. You. Well, uh, let's hold off on that. Cause through my feedback, um, I realized that like my idea wasn't as they, they say, everybody thinks that their baby's cute and my baby wasn't cute. Um, oh. yeah, but there was a specific set of problems that I found that um, many church communicators had, um, around uh, certain features of their website that um, that's kind of how Churchly came to be. So Churchly is not only um, a a church website platform because there's a thousand of those out there, um, but what I built was a um, a tool for uploading and managing sermons um, using a really popular and amazing plugin out there that's already available called Church Theme Content. Um, okay, one more time, Church Theme Content. Okay. And so they've, if you go to churchthemes.com, they have a number of um, uh, um, themes that work with this plugin, and uh, Stephen Glebe, I believe his name is pronounced, is the developer, um, but he's created this, this plugin that anybody can use and build a theme for that lets you manage sermons, events, um, staff, and locations. Um, all you need is compatible themes. And then there's another theme that was uh, popular coming up in the church communications um, group called Divi Theme. and We you know, love Divi. Divi. Yeah. Divi's the bomb, um, But the, the plugin and the theme didn't work together. Mm. And so um, I, I initially built um, Churchly to be a child theme for Divi that kind of sits in between mm. and lets you display that content for the Church Theme content on your website. Right. Um, so that's really like uh, where uh, it was a, a pet project of mine that I just kind of built it on my own and uh, the byproduct was that other people wanted to use that too. So that's a cool opportunity. Um, and then from there kind of some auxiliary services like hosting and security and support and things like that, um, that all kind of roll together to, um, to help solve problems for people.
1: Well, and, and that's really what, you know, we, we can't get enough of in the church world is, you know, feedback um, and then identifying certain areas where you can help specifically because, it's, maybe it's just because of the the circles that we're running in, but we're, we are hearing more and more of people that um, think they have this great idea that they can help churches, you know, create websites like it's mm-hmm. something new. Um, but what I my takeaway was that you took good feedback mm-hmm. and then pivoted for like you know for an mm-hmm. overused term mm-hmm. um, and found a way to mm-hmm. hit a very specific market that I'm not aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those themes may have been out there, but I it wasn't divi related. We weren't going to know about it, so. Mm-hmm that's
0: encouraging. Yeah. I've I've seen what you built too. And it's really neat. I mean, I'm a big fan of the Divi theme. We use it for our website and I use it for anything I I make. I honestly just don't even design with anything else (laughs) anymore. It's not worth it. But, uh, but you're right. I mean, there, there was that whole of like, okay, churches are adopting these WordPress themes that are built for business and, you know, bigger websites. But, uh, churches all have the the same kind of needs with online sermons and podcasting and things like that, and so I think you've you've helped uh, fill that gap to make it work specifically for them, mm-hmm. um, which is huge. Like I think we need to get the word out on that uh, mm-hmm. more because I, I didn't realize that it was built specifically for Divi, so that's mm-hmm. that's awesome.
1: Yeah, we we'll have to get a blog post for that. Seriously, And get that insight and I'll let more people know about it. <laughs> Hey, um so speaking of pet projects, can we just get a little left turn here and talk about why you're ruining people's websites with the fire font) <laughs> um that, rob absolutely ruining him. yeah
2: so uh why uh, i don't really know <laughs> um <I laughs> was, uh,
1: just I to was... bring everybody up to speed um there I'm, I'm 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 i thought i was just safely scrolling through facebook <laughs> and saw this website that had been completely changed that all of, all the font on the website was papyrus font and i'm like this is my eyes, I don't, my eyes are burning. They were burning. And then I go and find out that you just for whatever reason created the plugin that would do this for anybody's website. Why Rob, why would you do this?
2: Um, I was bored. I guess they say, um,
0: idle hands or the devil's playground. What I love is there are people out there searching the WordPress plugin directory, finding this and going, this is, this is exactly what I need. Awesome and right. they're using it, like, legitimately. Right.
2: Well, the uh, the funny thing is that they, I, I tried to make a Comic Sans version as well, um, yeah. but uh, I, I, I tested it on my iPhone, and the iPhone doesn't actually have Comic Sans built in. <laughs> so it, it cannot display Comic Sans. I didn't realize um, that. That's awesome. I could, I could spend the money to, to get the license for the web font, but I'm not about to do that for Comic yeah.
1: Sans. <laughs> I'm kind of disappointed that Papyrus was supported, but
2: right uh, well, it's, it's just apple saving people from themselves i suppose they are do you know how many downloads that thing has had is it uh, that's, that's what i'm trying to look up right now because uh, i imagine it would do pretty well yeah well it's been out for five days and it still has less than 10 active installs so i can't uh, i can't but that's I can't, the thing there's
1: 10 for, people oh, that installed
2: that and <laughs> kept it active well no it says less than 10 um i i put it on my website uh what I know was too many rob <laughs> Adam McLaughlin at um, at Church Marketing yeah. Ideas uh, ran his through it. I thought you did
1: ours at one
2: point. Yeah. Well, so there's the plugin for WordPress, uh, right. but then there's also uh, I, I had a, I had originally built this uh, this thing where you could papyrusify anybody's website. Yeah. Um, I love it. And so, but then uh, I got some feedback some, from some friends of mine that that could be like a security issue. So if somebody tried to do that to Facebook and then try to log into their Facebook, probably not a good idea. Oh. So, so this is why we can't have nice things.
1: Because <laughs> that was kind of fun. Not that I did it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> website. Um, but well, it was kind I'll, of easy. I'll
2: let you know <laughs> that if you, if you uh, if you're savvy and you can go back through the group and find the link, you can still use it. Um, I just kind of put a blacklist in there. So
1: it it might show up in our show notes. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Just have some fun. So, well, man, um, thanks for coming on. What's, what are you working on? Well, how, how can we help support you and what you're doing and, and, um, and, and put the word out there for folks.
2: Yeah, so a couple of ways. Um, first, um, in the whole blogging and podcasting realm, um, I've undertaken a project for 2017 in which I, uh, I'd i like to uh, explore that. So I've, I've started a blog series on my personal blog, com on um, a series of two-week um, kind of personal development experiments mm-hmm. to, uh, to grow as a, uh, a, a Jesus follower, uh, pastor, and family man. So every two weeks, I'm going to take a different, um, different idea or, or, or concept. This two weeks, it's personal assessment. So I'm doing radical journaling. I've got my Apple Watch. I've got my diary app. And I'm using a, a, a journaling uh, tool as well just to kind of like take an inventory of my life and say, um, what are the things that hinder me from enjoying God and loving God more? And what are the things that uh, contribute to helping me do that? And then also um, with enjoying the gifts that he's given me and what, what hinders me from that. So um, uh plan to launch a podcast of my own next week. And so that's uh, going to come out on my blog. Um, and then always looking to connect with folks um, who might have some website uh, challenges that they'd like to solve. Um, I'm active in the church communications group, so you can always find me on there and ask questions. And I enjoy helping out. Um, and then also digging into some projects as well.
0: I love your personal blog idea because I think that's a great example of, uh, how you know, we're always trying to figure out how to come up with content and that's what we're talking about. And I think if you take the approach of just documenting something rather than trying to come up with, you know, original content, just kind of bring people into your world and share what you're doing, share what you're struggling through. Um, you know, any pastor could do that. Any, anybody at any church could create something around that, um, of, Hey, let's just bring them into our own personal Bible study or exploration whatever we're studying now. Um, and just be transparent with it in the blog. Mm -hmm. That's great content that people will eat up for
1: sure. Yeah, and it's a super healthy approach too, because we're recording this right after the first of the year. So mm. people made all these New Year's resolutions, these you know, things are gonna get accomplished for the whole year. But you you're breaking it up into bite-sized chunks mm. in the two weeks. Um approach. That's that's really healthy. How, mm. Is that your idea? Or did you just did somebody encourage you in that area?
2: No, actually, so I'm a, a big Tim Ferriss fan. Um, yeah. and actually actually got uh, his latest book, Tools of Titans. Okay. Um he can send me a check for that later. Okay. Um, but that's one of the things that he, that he recommends is, um, is, is trying things in, in a, a series of experiments. Um, so it's, you know, set a, set a lower bar. Um, I was listening to a, a podcast uh, a few weeks back and um, it's uh, uh, tell me something I don't know, which is Stephen Dubner. He's the guy that does Freakonomics. It's like yeah. a game show. Um, but in the intro, it was right before the new year, and he was uh, – one of the guests was talking about how um, at Foursquare, they have enough data to, uh, to know – to be able to predict exactly when you're going to drop off the wagon. And it turns out that it's the first Thursday in February yeah. is when they see, um, they see gym attendance decline. And fast it's the most attendance. depressing day on the
1: calendar. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Literally. So. Wow. So my, uh, my whole premise was like, yeah, I don't want to do a resolution because I know myself and every time I do resolutions, I get about that far and there's no sense in, you know, uh, fooling myself that I'm going to actually you know, stay on the wagon for a year. So wh- what can I do in, in smaller increments that um, that's a low bar helps me get over it, but then also um, uh, gives me the motivation and, and energy to go on to something new after I complete that.
1: Well, just from an accountability standpoint, this will probably run into February 1st of March. So right. we we'll love everybody going back to see what you did, yep. whether you blogged every day for two weeks, um, and we'll get, make sure we get the other show notes. So there you go. Boom. More pressure, Sweet. more accountability, just a on just course. That's great, though. I
2: awesome. Actually, we just posted a tweet this afternoon and said, what do you do for accountability? And so I guess that's it. So yeah. <laughs> thanks, Justin, a <or> van. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Rob, thank you for coming on. Thanks for sharing your talents um, with the church communications world. Good luck to you in in planning a church, and be sure and let us know how that turns out.
2: Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys.
0: Thanks for listening to That Church Podcast with Justin Dean and Van Baird. Visit us at thatcc.com for additional resources for church communicators.